Hey guys, this is Ange. I'm Jay. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> and welcome back to WTF True Crime and Other Shit. <laughs> I forgot who I was. I forgot what I was, what I was doing. Oh my, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> um. Anyway, so what was I going to say? Fuck, we've already fucked up. I don't know, we're here. <laughs> we are here, welcome back. I am not even editing this, so you get to listen to all of this, so welcome back. Um, sorry for missing last week, guys. We um, were watching hockey. And I was sick. And you were sick, yeah. But hockey's more important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're welcome. We are, like, really, I think I mentioned it before, but we're diehard Canes fans, so if the Canes are on, then that's what we're doing. We're watching that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to miss, actually, my first Canes game in five years this week, because I'm going to a concert, and it better be worth it. Better be. I don't know. I think you're crazy. <gasps> I know. I feel like I almost need to stay home and watch the Canes game instead of going yeah, to the concert. You probably should. Probably should. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't really think we have anything else really to say. What about um, your mom? Did she comment on our last podcast? She about the did. Bugs yeah. And the so animals? yeah. So our last podcast was about the crazy animal stories, and she said, "I think mosquitoes should be taken to court because sucking blood from unwilling humans is against the, the law." It is against the law. It is. Yeah. So I, I, I do not consent. <laughs> So we need to take the mosquitoes all to court. Let's and, do it. And what are we going to do? How we, like, can we drive them out of the country? Or I picture the mosquito's lawyer to be like a guy in a trench coat. <laughs> and like he never really shows his face. He's got a long nose. Okay. Right? And he has like scraggly hair. He okay. kind of resembles a mosquito, I think. Sure. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> and then she also said that she's taller than a kangaroo because she's well over five feet tall. But she's like five foot one. So she's not really <laughs> well, well over that? five feet tall. Yeah. So she's not much taller than a kangaroo. Nope. But anyway, so that was the shit my mom says this week. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else you have to say? No. Alrighty. Well, do you want to just jump in then? Yeah. All right. You start. Okay. Well, we picked a Canadian case this week, so that's exciting. But Okay. Let's get started. So Jennifer Pan was born on June 17th, 1986 in Markham, Ontario. Her parents had immigrated to Canada from Vietnam. By working hard, Bic Ha Pan and Hoi Han Pan were able to provide a better life for their family. By the time Jennifer and her brother Felix were teenagers, they were able to afford a large house with a two-car garage and fancy cars to fill the garage. Because Bic and Han wanted the best for their children, they pushed them to succeed. They enrolled Jennifer in piano and figure skating, and she excelled in both. Jennifer absolutely loved figure skating, and her dream was to compete in the Olympics for Team Canada. However, she tore a ligament in her knee, which put an end to her figure skating career. She attended Mary Ward Catholic Secondary School, where she played the flute in the school band. Jennifer's parents were very strict and were referred to as tiger parents by Jennifer's friends, and they definitely fit this term. Do you know what tiger parenting is? Tiger parents? Yeah, you never heard of that, about that before? No. So tiger parenting is a term for parents that they push their kids to succeed, both academ- academically and in extracurricular activities. So they're constantly pushing them. They're like, like their days are filled because they're either studying or learning piano or learning something. But like, why tigers? Like, are tigers known to do lots of extracurricular activities? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's like... I, I think it's more like an Asian term. I've heard oh. um, tiger parenting referred to mostly for Asian parents. So I'm not sure if that if that ties into their culture somehow. Gotcha. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, but tiger parenting is when they push them and push them and push them. And they expect the best for their children and they won't settle for anything out less. So if you're not studying like 20 hours a day, then there's something wrong with you, <laughs> basically. Jesus. Yeah. So um, Jennifer's parents would pick her up from school every day and they monitored her every move. She wasn't allowed to date or go to school dances. 
Her parents thought that those type of things would take away from her schoolwork and the activities that they approved of. Wow. Yep. So, like I said, basically she had to go to school and do her extracurriculars, and that was it. That sounds like a fun life. Mm Mm-hmm. In true tiger parent fashion, they expected Jennifer to be a straight-A student. She led... Them, she let them believe that she was by forging her report cards, but in truth, she was actually pulling mostly high C's or low B's. <gasps> yeah. So she's like not extracurricular tiger. She's like <laughs> hidden dragon slacker. <laughs> hidden dragon slacker, sure. Yeah. She was accepted into Ryerson University even with these marks. However, she ultimately failed calculus. And her offer of acceptance was rescinded. Can I just say that Mm -hmm. I also applied to Ryerson University. And I actually did get straight A's and I was rejected. So fuck you, Jennifer Pan. I don't know how you did that with your B's and C's because I was rejected with straight A's. Yeah, that's not cool. Not cool at all. (laughs) She didn't tell her parents this and led them to believe that she was attending university. She would leave the house every day and either visit a coffee shop, teach piano lessons, or work part-time at a restaurant. Jennifer told her parents that she had won scholarships, so her tuition was covered. Ooh, sneaky Jennifer. She's sneaky. Her parents' strict style of parenting didn't end when Jennifer led them to believe that she had graduated from high school. She wasn't allowed to attend any university parties, even though she was legally an adult. What? You can't stop her from doing that. Well, I guess they figured she still lived with them, so too fucking bad. You're not doing it. By the time she was 22, she had never gone to a bar or a club, gotten drunk, or stayed with a friend, um... Or been on a family vacation. So no sleepovers or nothing. Nothing. Eh? She wasn't allowed to do anything. After a few years of attending Ryerson. Well, not attending Ryerson. Ryerson, Air quotes. Air quotes. (laughs) She told her parents that she had graduated and was accepted into the pharmacology program at the University of Toronto. How is she going to scam this? Yeah. She's like, like, oh, guess what? I finished Ryerson. Now I'm going to the U of T. That's dumb. Yeah. To keep up with this ruse, she even purchased textbooks and watched videos so that she could fill notebooks with handwritten notes that she would then show to her parents. She was like hardcore, man. Can you imagine Damn. actually doing schoolwork for a program that you're not even attending? Like, wouldn't it have been easier just to do the fucking work? Right? Just finish your calculus class and fucking go to school. Like, that seems like a lot of work to <laughs> Yeah. Buy. I think it'd be easier to finish your high school calculus and actu- actually go to college than <laughs> Jeez, just watch YouTube yeah. videos and fill notebooks. That, that's just fuck. me. Yeah. So Jennifer would ask for permission to stay close to the campus during the week so that she could better focus on her studies. Again, air quotes, better focus on her studies. So let me just remind you that she was 22 at this time and still asking her parents for permission to not spend the night at her house. So she was still asking, hey, mom, can I please stay in town so I can stay close to the university? And she's 22 years old. During these times, she would actually stay with her boyfriend, Daniel Chi Kwong Wong, who she'd been dating for seven years since high school. Jennifer's lies eventually started to catch up with her. She lied to her parents by telling them that she had started working as a volunteer at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, but her mom got suspicious when she never saw Jennifer wearing uniform and she didn't have a hospital badge. Her mom followed her to work one day and figured out that she'd been lying. Her father wanted to kick her out of the house, but her mother convinced him to let her stay. So that was just the beginning of all her lives lies becoming unraveled. Her parents discovered that due to her failing calculus, not only had she not attended Ryerson University or the University of Toronto, but she hadn't even graduated high school. Her parents, yeah, her parents encouraged her to get her calculus credit and earn her high school diploma so she could actually apply to university, but they forbade her from contacting her boyfriend, Daniel. Again, let me remind you that she is 22 years old. (laughs) 
Some sources say this was due to him being of mixed race, but I wasn't able to confirm this. So he wasn't like a like a full full Vietnam person. Like I uh, guess he was he was mixed. He was I don't know. Yeah. Um. So she also, but she did listen to them, and she continued to speak to Daniel. Oh, That's I know. <laughs> when Jennifer was 24, Daniel broke up with her because he was tired of her parents' restrictive lifestyles and rules. I mean, who can blame him, right? right? 24 yeah. years old and she still can't stay at his house unless she asks permission <laughs> yeah, first? Like, fuck lame. off. When Jennifer learned that Daniel was dating someone else, she told Daniel that a man had entered her house after flashing a police badge and along with several other men had gang raped her. <laughs> She also claimed that a bullet had been mailed to her and that Daniel's new girlfriend had been behind both of these events. So she's just a compulsive liar. This chick's no good. She just bad lies. Bad news, man. Yeah, she just lies to everybody. Yeah, bad news. Yeah, bad news bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, bad news tigers. Bad, bad news tigers. <laughs> one, okay. One of Jennifer's high school friends said that Jennifer was obsessed with Daniel. You think? <laughs> yeah. In the spring of 2010, Jennifer came into contact with Andrew Montemayor who was an old high school friend. During high school, Andrew allegedly bragged about robbing people at gunpoint, but Andrew denied ever having done so. He sounds like a pretty good guy. Yeah, so so just basically, like, people are saying that he was bragging about that in high school, but he's like, no, I never said that. So that's why it says that, yeah. that, where that sentence was kind of worded weird, but that's what it meant. That's what it meant? <laughs> that's what it meant. See? I, I wrote this and it's Who worded weird. This? Hmm. <laughs> that's what it meant. Shut up. Interesting. Continue. Andrew introduced Jennifer to a goth kid named Ricardo Duncan. It was during this time that Jennifer had decided that she had enough of her parents' rules and decided to do something about it. She stated that she said Ricardo uh, $1,500 to kill her, her father in the parking lot of his workplace. So she was going to hire him as a hitman? Yep. This goth kid, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Ricardo admits that she did ask him to kill her father, but claims that he turned that offer down. Jennifer was back in contact with her ex-boyfriend Daniel at this time. The two came up with a plan to hire a professional hitman for $10,000. Their reasoning was that Jennifer's parents were worth about $1 million, so she stood to inherit half of that. Because her brother was going to get the other half. This is just great, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer's a fucking straight-A... Grade A, grade A person, not straight A. Straight A, grade A. No, she's straight C. Grade <laughs> straight C, grade A human being. 10000 was worth it to pay when she was inheriting so much money. Daniel put Jennifer in touch with Lenford homeboy Roy Crawford. It sounds like a fucking cowboy or something. <laughs> so just just to preface this, that all of the names that we're going to come across here, a lot of them are nicknames. So we're going to... Lenford Homeboy is going to be called Homeboy for the rest of this. Nice. Just so you know. Yeah. It's like a GTA episode. <laughs> well, it is. It's, Mark, it's Markham's GTA. <laughs> oh, did you mean Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. I was talking about the GTA, like... like The, the greater, G Toronto greater Toronto area. Yeah, GTA. Anyway, Maybe Homeboy, let's go. Sounds like a happy accident right there. <laughs> All right, so let me try that again. So Daniel put Jennifer in touch with Lenford homeboy Roy Crawford and gave her an iPhone and a SIM card to contact homeboy without using her actual cell phone. Homeboy enlisted the help of Eric Sean Sniper Cardi, who then turned to David... I'm not even going to say that word, because I don't know that. <laughs> His last name's like Milvaganam or something. There's too know. many A's and V's, or <laughs> I don't know. Just, just David. Uh, he, why doesn't he have a nickname? I don't know. It's just Homeboy Sniper and David. <laughs> <laughs> so on November 8th, 2010, Jennifer put her plan into action. She unlocked her front door and went up to bed. She then called the new, her newest recruit, David. 
Shortly after, David and two other unidentified men entered the house through the unlocked door. It's important to note here that the other two men in the house were not Daniel, Homeboy, or Sniper, although Sniper was there. So none of the other guys we've mentioned so far, these are two other men. So I'm thinking, like, if you want to, like, put a hit on somebody, don't involve about half, half a the dozen fucking people. neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one will know except everyone. <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. So Daniel and Homeboy both had alibis as they were both at work at, time, at the time. And Daniel, again, was her ex-boyfriend. Or her current boyfriend. Her, whatever, this guy, her boyfriend. (laughs) The three men who entered the home were carrying guns and demanded all of the money in the home. They ransacked the main bedroom and took Bick and Han into the basement. So those were Jennifer's parents. Han recalled being woken up to a gun to his forehead in order to get out of bed. He and Bick were then ordered into the basement where a blanket was thrown over his head. He was then shot near the right eye, losing consciousness. He woke up to Bick dead beside him on the floor. She had suffered multiple gunshots to the head and had died instantly. The three men took all of the money from the house, including $2,000 from Jennifer, and left. Jennifer claimed that her hands had been tied to the banister with a shoelace, but that she got free and was able to call 911. Han was transported to the Markham Stouffville Hospital before being airlifted to Sunnybrook, Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto. Jeez, man. If you're going to... Like, there's 90 of there. Can't you check out they're both dead? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not a very good hit. Man, no, so. these, well, I mean, that's just people that she knew from high school. These were not, by no means, professionals. Yeah, but so. I think if you're going to be killing somebody, you got to make sure. You should hire right. professionals. Or at least make sure you're doing the job right. I guess so, yeah. Like, what these the hell? guys did not earn their $10,000. No. <laughs> Police initially assumed that this was a robbery gone wrong but began to question that theory when they discovered multiple valuables left untouched. Also, the fact that Jennifer was completely unharmed around aroused their suspicions. The case broke open when Jennifer's father woke up from his coma on November 12th, four days after the crime took place. It was then that he told police that he saw Jennifer whispering with one of the gunmen and acting friendly towards him. He also stated that she was never tied up and that, he was, uh, that she was walking around freely the entire time. What a dummy. Yep. So, yeah, come kill my parents, but don't actually kill my dad and then let him see me talking yeah, to you. Yeah, and I'm going to be there talking to you while you're shooting him. What the fuck uh, Yeah. Is... She, oh, Jennifer was a moron. real fucking piece of work. Jennifer was arrested on November 22nd, 2010. While speaking with police, Jennifer admitted that she did hire the hitmen, but claims that she hired them to kill her, not her parents. <laughs> That's, like, why would you hire somebody to kill you? Just fucking go kill yourself. Wow. Like, why? Yeah, I'm going to pay you, I'm going to pay you $10,000 to come kill me. Great what? Story. Yeah. During the interrogation, police officer William Bill Gates and Jennifer, uh, asked Jennifer to show them how she was able to get free and call police. He wasn't convinced that she was being truthful. We have um, actually a picture of her when she was in the interrogation room showing how she had her hands behind her back but was still able to access her cell phone, and it looks ridiculous. Does it? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen these pictures. No, but anyway, so he's looking at that picture, and he's like, uh, yeah, no, I don't buy it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. He also told Jennifer that they had computer software that could analyze lies and statements and that they had infrared technology that could analyze movements in buildings. Neither was true, but apparently here in Canada... The police are allowed to lie to suspects that they are interrogating to try to obtain a confession. Yep. So they, you're not allowed to lie under oath, but they could tell you any fucking thing they want. No way. Yeah. They're allowed to lie. It's it's 
controversial, and not a lot of police officers do it, but they can. They're allowed to lie. That, like, that to get a confession. That would almost be like entrapment and shit like that, or mm, whatever, I guess, leading. I don't know. In Canada, I guess you can do that. Awesome. Good um, to but know. This Good is the picture of how she showed them how she got her phone. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, even if she, like, I don't understand. <laughs> I'll, I'll post this picture, guys, but I don't, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so the rest of Jennifer's co-conspirators were all eventually arrested as well. David was arrested at the Jane Finch Mall on April 14th, 2011. And I just have to say that in 2006, I lived about a block away from that mall. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a very high crime area, apparently. So. Excellent. Sniper was arrested while already serving time at the Maplehurst Correctional Complex in Milton on April 15th, April 15th, 2011. He was serving time for an unrelated 2009 murder. But so. he didn't even murder anybody this time. What was he arrested for? Uh, this, oh, we'll get to that. Oh. He, the, oh, that was my next sentence, Jay. He also admitted to being the getaway driver on the night of the attack on Jennifer's parents. Oh. Yeah, so he was there. He was the getaway driver, so that's why he was arrested. Got it. Daniel, the ex-boyfriend, was arrested at work on April 26, 2011, and Homeboy was arrested on May 4, 2011 in Brampton. The identity of the other two people involved, including the person who actually pulled the trigger, remains unknown. What? So all the guys that did nothing... Well, got, they got arrested. They the guys cons- that actually killed them didn't get arrested. Yeah, well, the guys that got arrested conspired conspired to murder, right? Like they yeah, were cons- conspiracy still, to murder. Like that's so backwards. I know, but the actual because they don't know who did it. They don't know, and Jen- like nobody's ever said. Jennifer's never said. Jesus. Yeah, I know. So the the people that actually killed her are still out there somewhere. The trial began on March nineteenth, two thousand fourteen, in Newmarket. Hey, I was born in Newmarket. I know you were born in Newmarket. <laughs> All pleaded not guilty. Wait, I just gave personal information. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you don't live there now. Newmarket, New Mexico, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, Newmarket, Newmarket, New Mexico. That's where you were born. (laughs) So all pleaded not guilty. And evidence presented during the trial included over 100 texts sent between Jennifer and Daniel in the hours leading up to the crime. The fact that Jennifer was unharmed and her father's eyewitness accounts were also presented. Jennifer's obsession with Daniel and her lack of emotion were also brought up. Man, this person's just dumb. She's not a cool person at all. No. Jennifer, Daniel, David, and Homeboy were all convicted on December 13th, 2014, and each received a life sentence with a chance of parole after 25 years, making her eligible for parole in the year 2035. She's now 37 years old and still currently incarcerated at the Grand Valley Institution for Women in Kitchener, Ontario. Jeez. Yeah, so they all got a life sentence and they didn't actually... They didn't do nothing. They actually didn't, they conspired to murder, but they didn't actually kill anybody. That's so weird, man. Yeah. That's what they sent <laughs> But if you actually kill somebody, probably like five years. <laughs> yeah, five years is good behavior. Yeah. yeah. Sniper's trial was declared a mistrial as his lawyer became sick. And maybe he got bit by a mosquito. <laughs> Maybe. She's been trying them. Yeah, malaria or something. (laughs) In December of 2015, he received an 18-year sentence after pleading guilty to conspiring to commit murder with eligibility of parole after nine years. However, he was fatally stabbed in prison in 2018. Jennifer's father and brother requested a court order that banned her from ever contacting any members of their family again. The judge granted the order, and she has also been banned from contacting Daniel ever again. No, I mean, she's going to be in prison for life, and so yeah. is he. So how are they going to contact each other anyway? Yeah, really. I don't think you can really contact an inmate in another prison. No, you probably can't. Probably not. No, I, I don't know. say so. Just this year in May of 2023, the Court of Appeal for Ontario granted an appeal and ordered a new trial. It ruled that the judge had incorrectly instructed the jury to only consider two scenarios that would justify a first-degree murder charge. 
instead of allowing them to consider scenarios that would lead to a second-degree murder or manslaughter charges. So I guess they, he was, they were just going for a first-degree um, sentence and yeah. not anything less. So that's why her thing got her, her trial got overturned or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm not using obviously proper terms here, but because um, there was no way she could have ever gotten manslaughter or second-degree murder with the way that the trial was presented. Oh, and they're okay. saying that's not fair to her. Because it was only first degree murder, there was no option for anything else. So they're saying but it wasn't fair. First degree murder is when you plan out premeditated. This was obviously premeditated. It wasn't second it wasn't degree. Accidental. It wasn't manslaughter. They they fucking she fucking hired somebody. Oh yeah, maybe she, it was accidental because she said she hired him to kill her, not her dad. <laughs> so it was accidental that he died. No, her mom died. Her dad just got shot. Or whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> it, but, what? No jury's ever going to believe That's that. That's fucking dumb. This Jennifer chick, man. Yeah, I know. All because you can pass calculus. <laughs> right? Like, okay, is, is, she was 24. Like, could she not what have just she, moved out? Why don't you just say peace out? I'm going to go and live with fucking Daniel now. See ya. Exactly. Like, why does she have to, like, I have to kill my parents? I'm going to kill them and get a half a million dollars. <laughs> like, you're 24. Just fucking leave. That's like, dumb. literally, this they cannot stop you. This whole thing makes zero sense. I know. Jennifer's just fucking batshit crazy. But and it looks like there was no information available as to when the new trial may take place. Yeah, so. I tried looking everywhere, and I couldn't find anything about that. So, she's, she was granted a new trial, but I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But yeah, well, that's just dumb. The I whole have, thing is dumb. Well, I have a feeling that the outcome's going to be the same. Because well, I, would say so. I don't think any jury's ever going to be like, oh, you're right, they came to kill you. Uh, you're yeah, right, they you're came right. to kill you. And they put blankets over two people instead of one. Yeah, they didn't touch you, even though they came to kill you, but they killed your parents. Right. Yeah, and your dad's hallucinating. Yeah, and I don't know where her brother is in any of this because I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because he was young. I think he's younger than her. Maybe, but, but his, maybe he was allowed to live out, move out. Maybe was just... he was one of the unidentified gunmen. <gasps> bum bum bum. No, maybe. he. I don't think so because he talked to like her and his him and the dad put out a thing that she can't ever contact them. So. Yeah. So Felix, I didn't just mean to throw you under the bus there. I don't think you were involved. Felix. As if he remembered his name. Yeah, it's Felix. Felix Pan. Not Peter. Peter Pan would be better. They but... should have named one of their children Fryan. Fryan Pan? Yeah. Oh my god, you're a moron. Right? <sighs> I thought that'd be good. Yeah. No. It'd be the ultimate dad joke. Oh my god. Forever? For his whole life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he'd be changing Maybe his he... name. I mean, but what if he became like a famous cook and opened up a chain oh of restaurants? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> right? That's no. good. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're, we're rambling. Well, I'm rambling. You're rambling. <laughs> anyway, so that's it for this episode. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is wtftruecrimepod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at wtftruecrimepod. I couldn't remember if it was pod or podcast. wtftruecrimepod. And Facebook is wtftruecrimepodcast. Are you sure? So, yes. I don't know why I didn't put podcast on the Instagram. I just put pod, but well, you that's know. That's kind of weird. That's me. I just put pod. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have pictures. We'll post pictures as per usual that Kayla has done up for me all nice and they look pretty. And, and we'll yeah. see you next week because it's going to be a Halloween theme. Yes. And case. we will definitely be here. We'll be not be delayed. Um, we'll definitely be posting. Even though we're busy on Halloween weekend, we'll still post one. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to be dedicated on this one. <laughs> yeah, we are. So we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.